In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Praise God. It's time to praise God. So we praise you, Father. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for the goodness that you are, that you pour out your Spirit upon those who believe. Oh, God, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for the Holy Spirit. We ask for an out an increase of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that we would be zealous in pre preaching the Word of God. Oh God, pour out your Spirit upon us. Jesus said, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, he will glorify me. Oh yes, the Spirit glorifies Jesus. That's why we proclaim Jesus. We are Christ-centered. We are not spirit-centered, but we can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. That's our faith. Jesus is our faith. And you know what? God became a human being so that we would become like him. God became a human being so that we would become like him. You see, the incarnation is so great. St. Teresa of Avila says, I never stopped thinking about Jesus in the flesh as well as in the spirit. I never stopped thinking about Jesus in the flesh as a body and in the spirit. You see, we need the incarnation. And you know what's so important about the Incarnation, after the Ascension, we have the Incarnation for us in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We have Jesus in the Eucharist. Do you know that today? So many people who have left the Church have left the sacrament of the Eucharist, and that's sad. I remember saying to one person, come back. She was heartsick for the Eucharist. She was heartsick for the Stations of the Cross. She was heartsick for the things that we do as Catholics. How we need to proclaim Jesus. How we need to proclaim him in season and out of season. And not tickle people's ears. We are proclaiming the crucified has been raised from the dead. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm looking at Acts 17, verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see the city was full of idols. So he sees the city full of idols, and he's distressed. How many idols do we have? Oh, yes, I've got to buy this. Oh, yes, I've got to get that. Oh, yes, I love my car. Oh, yes, I need a bigger house. How many idols do we have? Paul was distressed to see that there were so many idols 
And he says, this is sick. This is sick. I'm proclaiming the one God. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Also, some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. Some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. So these Epicurean Stoic philosophers are wondering what Paul is preaching about. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. It's very important that Paul spends most of his time with these philosophers telling them about the resurrection. So they took him and brought him to the Areopagus and asked him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? Oh yes, some people want to get a new teaching. There's no new teaching. It's all about Jesus. It's all about his ministry. It's all about his birth. It's all about his death. It's all about his burial. It's all about his resurrection. There's no new teaching. We have nothing new to say, but God makes everything new in Christ Jesus. I make all things new, he said in the book of Revelation. May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. It sounds rather strange to us, so we would like to know what it means. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. There's nothing new. It's Jesus. He makes all things new. This is so important. People are saying, I don't preach the cross because he said he's coming back, but where is he? What does the word of God say? One day is as a thousand years with God and a thousand years is one day. So Jesus left two days ago and he was ascended two days ago. Oh yes, he's coming back. And before he comes back, we have to keep on preaching the cross, burial, and resurrection, especially the blood that takes away our sins, how we need the blood of the Lamb. I've often told you that Catherine of Siena, when she went to confession, would say, I'm going under the blood. She's the doctor of the church, going under the blood. We are blood-bought Christians, blood-bought Catholics. There is no Christianity or Catholicism without the blood of Jesus. When Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said to the Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. <laughs> He was so sick of seeing these false gods, but he's kind of complimenting them because he wants them to hear his message. For I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship. I found them an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. 
the God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and Lord of earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one, another, from one ancestor he made all nations to inherit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and their boundaries of the places where they would live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him. Are you groping for God? There's no other way to the Father but through Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Get under the cross. Let the blood take away your sins. Go to confession. Receive the Eucharist. A lady called me the other day to pray for her. She has something on her face, and she says it hurts. So I prayed for her. She said, you know, years ago I had cancer, and you prayed for me, and I went into remission and I never had cancer again. She said, you asked me not only to believe that I was healed, but to go to communion often. That's something. She remembered that. She remembered that because it happened to her. And so she gave me the name of her brother, who is in Texas, and I pray for the brother in Texas who has cancer. You see, this is how God works. This is how God uses us. So this says, though indeed he is not far from each one of us, for in whom we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like things of gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God was overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere that you and me to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some scoffed, but others said, we will hear you again about this. Yep, they'll never come back. They'll never come back. Paul did not preach the cross the way he should have preached. Listen to this. At that point, Paul left them, but some of them joined him and became believers, including Dionysius, the Areopagite, and the woman named Damaris, and others with them. Then it says in the 18th chapter, after Paul left Athens, he went to Corinth. Let's see what he says in Corinth. The first letter of the Corinthians, chapter 2. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God 
to you in lofty words uh, in lofty words of wisdom for i decided to know nothing among you except jesus christ and him crucified he did not proclaim the crucifixion to the stoic philosophers and he realized that he was trying to show off even paul makes mistakes even paul sins but we have an advocate with the father jesus christ who shed his blood for us for i decided to know christ and him crucified and i came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling my speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom but with the demonstration of the spirit and power in other words he did not only preach the word he healed the sick he delivered those who were demon possessed he had power he says my words were with demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom but on the power of god we should be doing miracles we should be doing miracles god has given us the power to do miracles the sign points to jesus the miracle points to jesus in john there are seven signs seven miracles and each one of them points to jesus the first one water becomes wine and it points to jesus another one the servant of the centurion and it points to jesus all these signs point to jesus we need to know that i'm looking at acts 18 verse 24. now there came to ephesus a jew named apollos a native of alexandria he was an eloquent man well versed in the scriptures he had been instructed in the way of the lord and he spoke with burning enthusiasm and taught accurately the things concerning jesus though he only knew the baptism of john i forgot to tell you that paul when he was in antioch met priscilla and aquila they were from italy and they were tent makers like himself and they started to hang around with paul he began to speak boldly in the synagogue but when priscilla and aquila heard him they took him aside and explained the way of god to him more accurately oh yes there's power in the holy spirit he was baptized in the holy spirit there's miracles that god does so priscilla and aquila explained the way of god to him more accurately and when he wished to cross over to achaia the believers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him on his arrival he greatly helped those that through grace had become believers if you are a believer today it is by the grace of god it is by the grace of god we need the grace of god we need the holy spirit we are poor and needy 
and God comes to our aid. For we powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scripture that the Messiah is Jesus. What scripture did Paul use to show that the Messiah is Jesus? Isaiah 53. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep before his shearers, he opened not his mouth. Oh yes, I told you that the Jewish rabbis will not preach or even read Isaiah 53. Why? Because they know it's all about the Son of God, Jesus, the Messiah. Chapter 19. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So they believed in Jesus, but they had not received the baptism of the Spirit. So what's Paul going to do? He's going to lay hands upon them so that they would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into them what were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, to believe in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied, just like the Pentecost experience. Are you speaking in tongues? Are you prophesying? This is what God has for believers, for you, for me. You need to seek the baptism of the Spirit. You need to ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. You need to do that. Altogether, there were about 12 of them in Ephesus. He entered the synagogue and for three months spoke out boldly and argued persuasively about the kingdom of God when some stubbornly refused to believe and spoke evil of the way before the congregation. He left them taking the disciples with him and argued daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of God. Are we hearing the word of God? Now, I'm preaching it, but does everybody preach the word of God? I wish they did. Because when you preach the word of God, you know what happens. People's lives get changed. The Holy Spirit changes them by the grace of the living God. You need to pray for your priests and for your ministers that they preach the word of God, that they be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, if they're not filled with the Holy Spirit, they're just going to tickle your ears. You don't want your ears tickled. You want your heart pierced by the living word of God, which is like a two-edged sword, which cuts and heals in Jesus' name. 
God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that when the handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick, their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. So now we have sacramentals. We have sacramentals. He touched the aprons, he touched the cloths, and they brought healing to the sick. We need sacramentals. Holy water is a sacramental. We need to bless ourselves with holy water. Why? We renew our baptism and our faith when we bless ourselves with holy water. Oh, yes. They say the Catholic Church has smells and bells, incense and bells, bells at the Eucharist, incense used, especially during the Easter time now. Then some itinerant Jewish exorcists tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva, Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit said to them in reply, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them and mastered them all, and so overpowered them that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. When this became known to the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, everyone was awestruck, and the name of the Lord Jesus was praised. And many of those who became believers confessed and disclosed their practices. A number of those practiced magic, collected their books and burned them publicly. When the value of these books was calculated, it found them to be 50,000 silver coins. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. You see, so many people before they come to Jesus goes to the New Age movement. They were looking for power in all the wrong places. So what do they have to do? I remember in Gloucester, I was ministering to a lady that Jesus was Lord and she accepted Jesus. She had books and books and books on fortune telling on the planets. I said, you got to get rid of them. They are not good. They are not of God. You've got to get rid of them. And rid of them she did. She had many thousand, at least a thousand dollars worth of books. A thousand dollars worth of books. And she got rid of them. How we need to get rid of those things. Do you have a Buddha in your house? Well, throw him out. Because Buddha on his deathbed say, I still seek the truth. And Jesus, on the night before he died, said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We need to proclaim that the United States would receive the truth of Jesus Christ. USA, receive the truth of Jesus Christ. USA, receive the truth of Jesus Christ, no other truth, 
no other truth, Lord, but the truth of Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Do you believe that, that he's the only way to the Father? Yes, I believe that. I stake my life on it. Do you believe that he's the truth incarnate? Hallelujah, I believe that. Do you believe he's the life, that he gives eternal life to those who believe in him? I believe that. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Can you say that today? I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. I surrender. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.